So I would, uh, I, I, uh, like, I've tried to record this this intro like three times. This is my third time. Um, I'm just gonna say this. I I wanted to talk about Memorial Day and how important of a day it is, and I've really struggled with talking about it um, or, or talking about Memorial Day because um, because like stuff like this is hard for me to talk about. Like like expressing an emotion sometimes for me is hard. Um, I'll try again. But it's it's I, I apologize if this is cringy or whatever. But like I've I have multiple family members that were in the military. I have um, I've had a, a dad that was in the Navy, an uncle who was in the Army for twenty plus years, I think, and um, a grandfather who served in World War II. My my both of my grandfathers they served in the military. One served in the Korean War, the other served in um in in World War II. So. I have a strong background when it comes to people who who have served in the military, and at a time I thought I was going to mili- I was going to join the military as well, and um, I I spent some time in ROTC in college, and you know hearing the sacrifices that my master sergeant, both of my master sergeants, um, had to make to to make to be in the army to be because they were in the army to be in the army and to follow through with their commitment to the army i mean one of them talked about missing his daughter's birth because the allotted time that he had had uh, to you know to be there for his wife and a, you know the, the due date essentially like they had a due date the due date had passed his daughter still wasn't born so he had to go back and i think he came back when she was born like a couple of days or weeks later but you know to miss you know one of your child's birth is like that's a pretty big deal and that's a sacrifice that he was that he talked about and and I can't articulate it as well as he could but he talked about it as if he was you know going to do it again like he, he didn't say it with he didn't talk about him missing his daughter's birth with regret he talked about it how he's like yeah like this is something that I had to do to fully commit you know to the military and you know, and I was watching a, a documentary. I think it was um, not a documentary, but it was with the Green Beret who had been on the Seattle Seahawks, and he was talking to I think a Vietnam veteran, and the Vietnam veteran had talked about how, you know, he was one of the lucky ones. He was one of the few that had come home from Vietnam, and he had talked about how, and and I, I forgot which um, uh, where they were at, but they were you know in a graveyard filled with fallen soldiers. And, you know, and, and he was talking about how, like, there were 50,000, 58,000 people that were lost in Vietnam. And he was talking about, you know, I, I got off lucky. I got off lucky. I, I, I came back. And, you know, not every single person can say that. And, you know, like, thinking about when you really, really think about, like, what it means, you know, to sacrifice your life, to sacrifice your body, to sacrifice your mind, like, for 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 not money like you're not doing it for money you're not doing it for fame you're not doing it for fortune going uh, i i think i talked about this on one of the last intros that i tried to record you obviously won't hear this or hear that last one but um i wear a dog tag um that i got from rotc it means a lot to me and it has the army corps values and the warrior ethos on it and one of the one of the most important army corps values is selfless service and they don't just mean like, oh, we're just doing like uh, like volunteer work or whatever. No, like selfless service means you're like you may have to give up something to protect the country. And in some cases, it's, you know, it's time, right? 
Sometimes it's just, all right, you do your time, you do your four years, you do your eight years, you do your 20 years, however long you want to be in the military, you do that, and then it's over with. And then you, you go off into the sunset, you, you live the rest of your life. Maybe not go off into the sunset is a good like term, but essentially like you, you move on. And some people, they don't serve their four years. Some, some, people, um, some people die. And like I, I, I don't know how to like I, I it, it's something almost unfathomable to me. You know, whenever people whenever you hear people in the military talk about, you know, the mentality of civilians, that's people like me, like they always talk about how we don't get it. We don't get war. We don't get true sacrifice and things of that nature. And I don't mean this in a you know, in a in a like in a putting down way I can't find the proper words, but I can't mean this in like I, I don't mean this in like a you know a derogatory way or a mean way or whatever, but I, I don't get it. I don't get what they what they sacrifice, what they go through and because I, I, I haven't lived it. I, I haven't lived that life. And I, I like I can literally only imagine the sacrifices that people have to make both physically and mentally as well, you know, with PTSD and you know, like, like not, just not even PTSD, but, you know, with mental health, with mental illness and things of that nature, I think, um, on average, I think, I think it's like 21, um, veterans, they commit suicide a day. And, you know, it's, 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 it's very, it's, it's very, very shocking to me, the sacrifices that people make, you know, like, and I'm not saying that suicide is is a is a sacrifice. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that the mental like people will go into the military and come out different. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. And what I mean by sometimes for the for the worse, that's that's what I'm talking about. And it, it's like there there's no other job that's probably more rewarding and also more punishing than I think, you know, being someone who's, you know, seen active combat or, you know, gone into active combat. And and that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong because again, I haven't lived that life, but just hearing like hearing people's hearing veteran stories on combat and stuff like that. I know that today is Memorial Day and, you know, we're, we're remembering those that have fallen, those that have passed on. But, you know, I'm, I'm also, my, my thoughts are also with, you know, the, the people who come back from war and live their lives. So thank you to everyone out there uh, who served and who have served and who will serve. Thank you so much. I, I, I literally cannot imagine doing um, the things that, you know, people in armed services do. Now, kind of going with the uh, intro here, uh, play my music, please. Please. Turn it up! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome back to 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff to talk about, so much stuff that I don't even know what we're going to talk about. Today's going to be a wild child of a podcast. I got, what do I got on deck? Let me look at my notes. I, I, I'm going into this podcast almost, damn it, blind, right? I got uh, I got the oh yeah the match. If you didn't did, did you did you watch Tiger? Did you watch Phil Mickinson? Did you watch Tom and Peyton go out on that green and start slinging uh, golf balls and dropping bombs? Did you see that yesterday? I saw that. I got some thoughts. I got some things about that. Also, 
uh, players that want to get better because Tom Brady has the has the blueprint. Chris Sims talked about it. I'm going to talk about it a little bit even more. Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to talk about him as well. I, I didn't mean to talk about Patrick Mahomes, but I, I'll talk about Patrick Mahomes just a little bit. I also have some other things and some theories and things of that nature that I'll go into, ladies and gentlemen, right here on 24's podcast. I first and foremost, I apologize if you can hear my fan blowing. Um, it's it's again one of those days. It's like to save money on AC, I gotta turn off my my AC during the day, or else it would just be blowing every second of every minute of every day. So I usually just turn it off, and uh, I just got my ceiling fan and my my handheld little fan. The the one the, it's, it's a small fan. I need to get a bigger fan. I need bigger fans. I don't know, maybe not. So I apologize if you hear my fans. But what do I got on deck today? Oh, yeah. I got this. I got this on deck. Um, should I start off with this? Yeah. Let's start off with this. So, Let me start. Sorry about that. Colin Cowherd, I think it was last week on his show, was talking about Dak Prescott and how you can't pay Dak Prescott money because Dak Prescott is, uh, is, is Dak Prescott. So here is uh, Colin Cowherd on two reasons. Why Dak doesn't deserve $35 million. Let me start with this. Uh, Ed Werder somebody I trust. Ed Werder says there's a deal to be made with Dak Prescott. He believes it's going to get done. He's going to make $35 million a year. Cowboys and... Sorry, I think I'm Dak and a lot of people are denying the $45 million. You know, it's, it's PR spin. But he's going to make $35 million a year. Uh, you know I don't... That I don't. That doesn't work for me. But I'll just say this: Dak Prescott, according to Fox Bet, is worth four points more per game than Andy Dalton. That seems fair. More than a field goal. Of course, the contract will be ten times more than Andy Dalton. Make of it what you will. Thirty-five million for Dak. There's two reasons it concerns me. One, his entire career, he's had a top three offensive line and a top two running back in the league and above average weapons. I've never seen him. Struggle. Oh, wait, I have. Tyron Smith got hurt. He was terrible. Zeke was out. He wasn't very good. Pre-Amari Cooper, not special. The times I've seen him not have everything right in support, he has struggled. And last year, he struggled against... Sorry, my internet is uh, bugging out here. I don't know what's going on. Hold on. Okay, but before I even, like, before it just stopped randomly, I thought I was getting an ad, and I didn't. Hold on. Here it is. All right, he's back. Sorry about that. Good teams. Everybody's good in life when you're a trust fund kid. You're the only child. You get the time. You get the attention. You get Life's way easier. What if you're one of five kids struggling to grab the final piece of pizza? With Dak, his life has been trust fund kid. It's been best offensive line, best running back, offensive coach, above average weapons. PFF says the wide receiving core is number three. 
So his NFL life has been that of the trust fund kid. Just don't wreck the Mercedes. It's just been nothing but fun and daisies. He's had two horrible teams in his division. Giants and Washington, 16 games against him. He's 13-3. and three. It's been easy street. I have no idea, and I'm now going to pay him $35 million. Travis Frederick's gone. Tyron Smith, what if he gets hurt? The, sh- the, the times where I've seen him lose key offensive components, he deteriorates fast. Scares me. Second thing is, $35 million for a quarterback is an elite price tag. He's a good quarterback. He's averaging in his career, this again, with a great O-line, a great running back, great receivers. He's averaging 24 touchdowns, 9 picks, uh, and 3,900 yards. That's good. It ain't $35 million a year good. It's not that good. So that's my concern. Um, I do not care that he was underpaid early in his career. That's not my problem. Be a higher draft pick. That the, the entire league. Do you know how underpaid Lamar Jackson is right now? Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson for four years. If you play early in the NFL as a quarterback, you're going to get underpaid. You're going to be massively underpaid. Josh Allen's massively underpaid. They're all underpaid. Baker Mayfield may be a little overpaid. Not a cheap shot, just true. But all these guys are. Lamar Jackson makes $10 million a year. He was the MVP. <laughs> MVP should be making $38 million a year. He'll get his money over time. Um, Dak on the cheap. Remember, Dak's been on the cheap for all these years. One playoff win on the cheap. So now, now you got to make cuts. So Dallas is essentially saying, we're going to go the opposite way of the New England Patriots. Dallas is saying, no, we know what we're doing. The the Patriots don't know what they're doing. We're going to pay all our top stars top dollar. So the Cowboys with Dak will have a top five quarterback contract a top five running back contract, a top five wide receiver contract, and a top five defensive end contract, and a very expensive offensive line. And Jalen Smith is great, but he's not cheap. That's the opposite of what the Patriots do. And Zeke, the most replaceable position, is the only one of those players that you would consider top two or three in the league at his position. So you're essentially paying guys more than you would argue in a salary cap sport, their value probably is. So, you know, this this is the opposite of what New England did. And I know I hear this all the time. Well, he deserves. Folks, find me a 50-year-old in America that doesn't think they were underpaid in their 20s. 20s, it's a rite of passage. You'll be underpaid. Interns, you probably won't be paid. You start making good money in your 30s, hopefully, great money in your 40s and 50s, and then at 60, you better have saved some of it. Everybody in this league is underpaid in their 20s until their first contract. Um, And I don't think you deserve a Powerball ticket because you were underpaid. It depends on how good you are in those years leading up to the big contract. Sorry, that was such a uh, a long quote, but I just wanted you to have the full context of you know, what's what's going on in the league because, you know, there's been some pretty bad arguments about whether or not you should pay Dak Prescott. And um, that was actually a pretty good one. I'll give it to him. Pretty good argument. Uh, the two reasons that he gives is that, and, and it's it's pretty much the exact same arguments I've, I've heard for the last couple of months. It's that every, it's pretty much everybody else, you know, he's had great players around him and also um, you can't pay players if you pay Dak Prescott. Literally the exact same thing. Um, that I've been kind of talking about or heard about for the last couple of months. And um, I thought it was actually a, a lot better phrased and a lot better worded than most people. So during this spiel, and this is again in like two, three minutes, and I kind of went into this blind. 
uh, I kind of just was like, let me fact check him, right? Let me just check. Does Dak Prescott deteriorate when he does not have his offensive line? No, he does not. He's not deteriorate. In fact, he still plays pretty well. First and foremost, uh, I have the game against the Packers. I know it's a loss. They lost. He had three turnovers, two of which were not his fault. One of which, a wide receiver, uh, the ball got deflected off of his hands. The other one, this, uh, the third interception, the ref should have called P.I. Didn't. Don't know why. They're as blind as, as bats. But yes, Dak did have a really, really bad turnover where, um, where I think he just threw it in a really, really bad coverage and he, like, he, didn't, he didn't either see a corner or, or a linebacker. It was, it was a really, really bad interception. But the Green Bay game, he had like 400 yards against the Green Bay Packers. And you may ask, well, 24, why does he need so many yards? Because the defense gave up four touchdowns. That's why. And some people will say, well, what, like, well, well he had four, tu- not four, but three turnovers. It's like, how do, you, how do you expect your defense to play well when the offense is giving up three turnovers? Simple. Because you're one of the best defenses in the league. Or you have the talent to be one of the best defenses in the league. You had Robert Quinn. You had Demarcus Lawrence. You had Jalen Smith and Byron Jones on your team. You should be better at tackling, and they weren't. And I'm watching Byron Jones dance on the Cowboys right now. I'm very, very upset about it. But it's weird. It's like how many people are like, you know what? He, he just falls apart against bad teams when, when his offensive line doesn't play well. And it's like, yeah. Maybe not yeah, but he, of course his play declines when, he, when his offensive line isn't playing well, is what I mean to say. It's like that that literally happens to every quarterback. But when Dak is missing his star, I'm watching Zadarius Smith put Cam Irvin in Dak Prescott's lap. Like, I don't know what to tell you. He's not playing with, with Tyron Smith, and yet he still had 400 yards, four touchdowns, and they still could have won the, the game if the defense played better, which they didn't need. And by the way, if you're asking me, well, 24, how great did the— did the defense play? They didn't play very well. Like Dak has had a disturbingly, not disturbingly, but a disguised defense in the sense of uh, he disguises how horrible the defense is because the defense has been bad for years. They had one good year in 2018 where they were like really, really dominant. And then this year, not this year, but last year, they were, they were bad. They probably should have lost, I'm not going to lie to you, like 10 games last season. 10 to 12. But because your franchise quarterback and Dak Prescott is so great, he had so like like he had 4,900 yards and everybody says he padded his stats, but against this Green Bay game, in this Green, Green Bay game, easily he could have had uh, 500 yards, five touchdowns, and a win. But his defense played poorly and dudes were dropping passes and coaching staff was bad speaking of which he said offensive coaching staff it's like watch how good Jason Garrett's offensive coaching staff will be next year when all he is when all he's doing is running the football oh yeah let's just run it on first down I looked up a stat the other day it's like because I was wondering this I was like I was wondering it's like how often did Dallas run the football on first down every single play or not every single play but on that opening drive of every single game and it was like it, I, I didn't find that stat. I actually could just look it up, but I didn't find it. But a more interesting and more important stat was Dallas, in like the last like four or five years, had the highest percentage of running the football on first down. 
like out of every team in the league. They were first. And I think they were like 20th on throwing it on first down. Like Dallas, I can't wait to see Jason Garrett's fantastic offensive staff next year, as Colin said. But he said like best running back, best offensive line. Dudes have had better offensive lines than Dak Prescott has. So the year where, uh, not Zach Martin, Travis Frederick is out for the entire season because of an autoimmune disorder. His team was still the best offensive line in the league. So the six games where Ezekiel Elliott was suspended, he had the best running back in the league. And everybody says, well, Dak doesn't win with Zeke. And it's usually because um, it doesn't win unless Zeke plays well. And it's usually because the defense, by the way, is disguised as really, really bad. Like there's a reason why Dallas has to dominate in time of possession. And I talked about it a little bit uh, a couple of podcasts ago. I was like, listen, man, the Bears defense is great because they can play the entire game. They can play the entire game and still like hold off some pretty good offenses. The issue is that their offense is terrible. Their offense needs to give them something because having a great defense doesn't win doesn't win you games anymore like it did in the 80s the 90s and prior to that like you got to have a good defense not a good defense a good offense to win football games and Dak doesn't have a good defense but because he has a great offense and because he's a great player guess what he wins a lot of football games and by wins a lot of football games let me put that into context he has won the second most amount of football games. He's tied with Russell Wilson, Andrew Brees, Hall of Famers, sandwiched in between Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, by the way. And all those other players, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. Like, he's pretty much sandwiched in between Hall of Famers for the most wins in the last four years. So, you know. But yeah, you know, he, he, he has a great running back, and yeah, he has a great offensive line. And yes, his coaching staff was offensive, but his, by the way, his coaching staff was terrible last year. In general, not just offensively, but defensively, special teams, whatever. And it's such a lazy argument to me whenever people are like, oh yeah, you know, Dak has all of these weapons. Well, what about Brady? He had Gronk. He had Edelman. Gronk is easily the best tight end of all time. Edelman is one of the best slot receivers of all time. One of the best playoff receivers of all time. He has the second most playoff catches and he is sandwiched in between Jerry Rice, who has one, who, who's first in playoff catches, and Michael Irvin, who's third. So Brady didn't have any help. Brady had the greatest football head coach of all time in, in, in Bill Belichick. Brady didn't have help. He just won, won football games with, with butter and toothpaste. No, he had football players. He had great ones. Dak has great ones as well. Guess what? You need great football players to win your football games. So Tyree Kill isn't a great football player? Travis Frederick isn't a great football player. Andy Reid isn't a great head coach. What about John Harbaugh? What about Earl? What about Thomas? What about Ingram? What about Hollywood? What about Mark Andrews? I love Lamar. I love Pat. I talk about him almost every single time on the podcast when I'm talking about some of the best football players in the league. But they have help. They have, like, both of them have good offensive lines. What do you want? And he mentions the, the only playoff game. The, the, you know, Dak has only one playoff, has, has only one playoff victory. Well, did you know that Dak Prescott, in playoff losses, his team has given up 30 points in both of them? 30 points. And Dak, I think, in three playoff games, has only had one, maybe two turnovers. Sorry, two turnovers in three playoff games, including wins and losses, of course, doesn't equate to 30, 60 points 
scored on your defense. Your defense is bad. And that's what I mean by the defense is disguised as being good. They get exposed. The defense always gets exposed when it comes to the postseason. The notion that dudes can win by themselves is ridiculous. The notion that Dak, because he's going to be paid a bunch of money, will then have nobody is also ridiculous. Because again, and I've mentioned this constantly on my podcast. Because everybody says, well, you can't pay anybody. The Dallas Cowboys have two players that they need to pay in the next couple of years. They need to pay Dak Prescott, obviously, and they need to pay Leighton Vanderush. Everyone else is expendable. Everyone. Because everyone else is either paid already, the offensive line is paid, the defensive line, Demarcus Lawrence, he's paid. Sean Lee, he's old, he doesn't need to be paid. Jalen Smith, he needs to be paid. Leighton Vanderush, you can weigh his fifth his fifth year option because he's a first rounder. But he's going to get paid in the next couple of years. And guess what? He deserves to get paid if he has another season like he did in in his rookie year. So yes, you're going to have to pay like two players, but everybody else is locked up. It's the benefit of paying all of your players. It's like, oh wait, all of our players are, are already locked up. We don't have to pay anybody else because everybody's paid. And then you got a new head coach. Everybody talks about how great of a head coach Jason Garrett was. Let's see what happens when he's an OC next year. Let's see. I'm interested. I'm on the edge of my seat. I can't wait. Of course, Zach Prescott has help. Of course, everybody else has help. I could go down the laundry list of help of players that have had either great coaching or great players around them. As much as the narrative is Brady has won football games with scrubs, and he has... He has also had some of the best football players in the league. He had Randy Moss on his team, man. Come on. He had Chandler Jones, one of the best pass rushers, on his team. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? Let me take a swig of my water first. Dak Prescott, the reason why you can't pay him is the exact same reason why. I, like, I guess you have to, if you're going to say Dak Prescott needs help to win and uh, he's expensive, then I guess you don't pay Patrick Mahomes. I guess you don't pay Lamar Jackson. I guess you don't pay Deshaun Watson because they're going to need help to win. Deshaun needs an offensive line. Lamar probably needed a couple more wide receivers last year. Like That's the reality. You need help to win. It's not just about doing things on your own. It's actually about getting help, being great. That's the reality. I could go down the laundry list. Everybody's like, well, he needs the best offensive line to win. No, he doesn't. He needs competent offensive line play. And the issue is, there are times where his, his offensive line is terrible. And it's not because they're missing one person, one guy. It's because their offensive line doesn't block well. Because players are hurt. And their schemes are bad. Oh, well, Dak Prescott, he needs Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott to win. It's like, well, guess what? Without the best of the best, and this is more of a, of a reflection on the coaching staff than on Dak Prescott and company. It's like, guess what? His offensive line, not his offensive uh, line, excuse me, his offensive coaching staff is terrible. So they can only use Zeke in a certain way. They can, Like if he had Kyle Shanahan, for example, would we not say that Dak Prescott and company are, are the favorite to win the Super Bowl this year? If he had Kyle Shanahan? If he had Kyle, uh, not Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, if he had but one or both of those guys, would he or would he not be the favorite to win the Super Bowl? 
Like, come on. Be fair. He needs competent play. And usually, the issue is, whenever he doesn't have those guys, he has a guy like Chaz Green that doesn't know where he's going. Because Dallas, for some weird reason for years, was horrible at getting backup guys when Tyron Smith went out. It's not Dak's fault that Dallas couldn't get guys and couldn't coach up guys well. It's not Dak's fault that, he, that, he, that his team is a bad, has a bad coach at Zach. But yes, he needs players like everybody else to win. He doesn't need a top five offensive line. Top 10 can do the best, can, can help him out. But also Dallas is great at signing, not at signing, but drafting players and signing certain guys that they want to sign. Like Lael Collins. Going with the trust fund kid. It's like, it's not the trust fund's kid. Trust, trust fund kid's fault that he, that, that his parents are rich. He's got to make a way for himself. He's got to go to Harvard. He's got to, he's got to put in the work just like everybody else. And Dak Prescott is putting in the work just like everybody else. Speaking of putting in the work, I love how I just transitioned there. Going off of reasons why uh, you shouldn't pay Dak Prescott to now probably one of the biggest reasons that you should. So, last week, Tom Brady got together with his guys, his Tampa Bay guys. He's on a new team. He's got to have some guys on the football field to throw the football to. And he does. He has a lot of football players. But he's like, I got I to get used to throwing the football to all these new guys. So, what does Tom Brady do? He organizes a team meeting. He organizes a team practice. He's like, hey, guys, uh, you know, let, let's throw the football around. Let's, uh, let's get busy. Let's start chucking it around. Let's... You know, let's let's meet up at a high school on that football field, and you know, reports came in that you know it was multiple uh, people who was practicing with him, multiple guys that are practicing with Tom Brady. They were practicing social distance. I think they had a, a certain amount of players there. His center, O.J. Howard, I think was there. Mike Evans was there. I think Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, excuse me, was also there. So he's trying to put in work, right? He's trying to get busy. And what happened next was a lot of people were like, man, like Tom Brady, he's working out with his guys. He's getting busy. He's doing what he needs to do. And Chris Sims, he talked about it. And uh, by the way, I just saw a fucking Brett Maher kick, 33-yard attempt. Speaking of how bad uh, Dak Prescott's special teams were, 33-yard attempt. Let's see if Brett Maher hits this end of the game. He needs to hit it. Oh, he shanks it. Another reason why Dak Prescott probably didn't win any football games last year, he had a terrible kicker. 33 yards out is not very difficult. But let me go back to what I was talking about with Tom Brady. So Tom Brady, he's working out with his guys. He's doing what he needs to do to get better. Chris Sims, on his podcast, he's like, I don't get why none of the younger guys are doing it. And he mentions two guys that are doing it. And this is why, by the way, Lamar Jackson got significantly better from his rookie year to his MVP year, and why he will get better this year. I saw El Freaky, Action Jackson, Lamar Jackson, in a neighborhood on a baseball field, a neighborhood baseball field, with a big-ass afro, throwing footballs to Hollywood Brown. He's got some guys with him to help him out, but beyond that, it's him and Hollywood working on working on route running, working on deep balls, over-the-top throws, back shoulder fades, stuff like that. Deep balls, your intermediate routes, your short routes, your hot routes, if you will. He's working on everything. 
and they're just working on and they were just playing catch pretty much in some in some uh, in some exercises they were just playing catch other exercises they were just practicing timing and anticipation Lamar Jackson and I said this before I will say it again Lamar Jackson will be significantly better year three than he was year two throwing the football and he was pretty damn good he led the league in touchdowns through the air by the way because I feel like I have to say that all the time because people want to shortchange him I'm not about to shortchange Lamar Jackson he's pretty damn great he's worth every penny and he'll be worth every penny when Baltimore pays him a lot of money. So like, just like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. But, but Lamar, he, he was practicing with his guys. And he's like, you know what? I got like, to practice. And a couple of months ago, people came out and they were criticizing Lamar because he's like, you know, practice social distancing, stuff like that. And it was because he, he took a picture with Hollywood Brown and, and, um, and Antonio Brown and their arms were draped around each other. And I was like, listen... Unless I'm missing something here, a football is a skin, right? It's a pig skin, it's a cow skin, whatever. Meaning that if one of these guys has the coronavirus and their hands are on it, specifically Lamar, then it gets on the football. If it gets on the football, it gets on the, on the other player's gloves, on Antonio Brown's gloves, on Hollywood's gloves. If, it, if, if it's on somebody's hands when they take off the gloves to get water or they put water, you know, they, they get water with their gloves on, it's, it's going to get in the water. Right? Meaning that it can spread very, very easily. There's a reason why. It's like it, like we're in a pandemic. It's a very, very transferable d- disease. So I was like, you're criticizing these dudes for the wrong way, for the wrong things. Like if you're going to criticize somebody, if you're going to criticize these dudes, criticize them for throwing the football around, not taking a picture. And I was like, listen, if, if they're not doing it correctly, if they're not social distancing correctly, if they're not staying at home, if they're not quarantined, then yeah, that's an issue. But I didn't think they were. I didn't think they were going out and partying and stuff like that. And it's obvious with them not having the disease. One of them may have it because it's asymptomatic. But for the most part, I was like, I don't have a problem with them working out. If they're doing what they need to do, I don't have a problem with them. Dak Prescott had a similar criticism levied levied against them. Everybody was like, well, people shouldn't be practicing anymore. Well, it's like, well, what do you want them to do? They're football players. They should throw the football. That's their job. I get it. They're, they're, at the time, there wasn't a lot of information, but it's like, that's, that's what they got to do. It's what, they, it's what they do. They're football players. So Dak and Lamar got dragged through the mud. I rolled my eyes at it. I was like, you're criticizing them over the wrong things. I didn't think that... The guys that they were f- throwing the football to were being stupid. But one of them could have been, you know, one of them could have contracted it. Then you could have actually criticized them. But it's like, at that point, I was like, I, I, I didn't think it was as big of a deal as people were making it out to be. Fast forward to today, where, again, Brady is training with his guys. Does Brady get the, get the same criticism? No, and that's fine. However, I don't want to hear any more excuses for other guys that aren't putting in the work. Tom Brady right now is putting in the work, and Chris Sims talked about it on his podcast. He's like, why isn't any of these other young guys doing exactly what Brady is doing right now, right? Organizing some type of a practice. You saw, obviously, Dak Prescott do it. He's throwing to Dez. He's throwing to Zeke. He's throwing to, uh, to Cedric Wilson, who's, who's a third rounder. Not a third rounder. He's like a second or a third string guy, right? He's throwing to everybody. 
You see it with Lamar, with Antonio Brown in Hollywood and how Lamar is in a Florida neighborhood, the MVP of the league, right? He's not on a football field. He's like, let me let me throw to Hollywood on a baseball field in a park in like a, in, in a neighborhood. He's like, let me just get somewhere and throw it. Let's just meet up and throw, right? Next season, those three guys, Brady, Lamar, Dak Prescott, they're going to take a leap. They're going to improve again. Brady, it's kind of hard because he's the greatest of all time, but it's like, he, 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 you know, he'll, he'll tell you himself, I'm not perfect. I have room for improvement as well. Lamar and Dak, obviously, they're not the GOAT, but they can improve, and they will, and they'll get better. But the young guys, and referencing, and I keep referencing the, the Chris Sims podcast, and pretty much, uh, and what he said on the podcast, pretty much what he said was, you know, he sees Tom Brady doing, you know, working out with his teammates. He doesn't understand why young guys aren't doing it themselves when they say, well, we want to be the best. We want to be like Tom Brady. We want to win the Super Bowls. We want to win the rings. We want to win the MVPs, the notoriety, etc. Right? And he's like, I don't understand. Like, and he said, he's like, Tom is showing you what you need to do to get better. He's like, I don't get why guys aren't doing it. And he mentions, to his credit, Lamar and Dak and those guys. But interesting report came out today. There's some young quarterbacks that are doing what Tom is doing, doing what Dak is doing, doing what Lamar is doing. The MVPs of the league, by the way. Lamar, Jackson, obviously, and... Tom Brady. Tom Brady was the MVP of the league like two years ago. Lamar, obviously, this year. There's some other young guys. You may know their names. Patrick Mahomes, he's apparently making uh, plans to work out with guys. By the way, Patrick Mahomes is also throwing. He was in Dallas, and he was throwing at Dallas. Not Dallas, excuse me, but to, uh, to, uh, to Dez. He was throwing it to Dez. Drew Locke, he's working out with some of the veterans on the football team. He can't work with like KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy because they're not in Colorado. They're in the East Coast. So it's like they need to get their butts down to Colorado ASAP. Deshaun Watson as well. He's working out with Cooks and Cobb and Johnson. If you don't know those names, those those are the free agents that they got this offseason. Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, David Johnson. He got those guys. He's working out with those guys. Those guys that I just mentioned, Deshaun Watson, Drew Locke, probably, we'll see. Apparently the Broncos like what they saw from Drew Locke, but Drew Locke, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. I keep saying this about some of the guys, some of the young guys, like Dak and Deshaun and Lamar and Mahomes and, and Watson. They all have this reverence for Brady, this high respect for Tom because they saw him uh, not not play football, but but dominate the league at young ages. Like, they're, they're my generation. We, like, we all saw Tom be great for almost 20 years, and he still is great. So they're like, well, we want to be like him. I don't, like, I don't, yeah, they didn't see Dan Marino play. They didn't see, uh, who else didn't they, did they not see? Uh, like, John Elway for the majority of his career. They didn't see those guys play. They're like, this is the guy, and, the, and they, got, they got the best. They got the best guy ever to play. And they are inspired by him to go out and work because they understand, like, this is this is the secret behind Tom Brady's success. True hard work. And that's it. 
But you know what? You know what irks me about some people? And this is and 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 you know, and this is all about excuses, right? Because people want to make excuses for guys. Like I don't try and hide Dak Prescott. I'm not the type of guy that's going to be like, "You know what, Dak? Dak the, the losses last year weren't his fault at all whatsoever. He didn't play he didn't play in any of those games. So none of those losses were his fault." You'll never hear me say that. You always hear me say that it'll it was either hard or difficult or his defense was 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 intolerable. It was just bad. But you'll always hear me say like, "Yeah, Dak Dak could have played better in some of those games, some of those losses." Yeah, he could have. Should he have played better? Yeah, of course. If he's asking for the money that he's asking, he should have played better. But am I going to pin the entire loss of the season on him? Am I going to pin every single loss on him? No, I'm not. I mean, I'm going to be realistic. I'm going to be like, listen, man, there's a reason why his coaching staff was just fired. Everybody on that coaching staff, by the way. The only, like, there's maybe only two or three people from that coaching staff that was still there. There's a reason why their special teams will get an overhaul. There's a reason why his defense will get an overhaul or a, a slight overhaul. And there is a reason why Mike McCarthy won't really touch his offense this year. Like, look at what the Dallas Cowboys would do when it comes to changing what they're going to do this year. Like, they're not going to change a whole lot offensively. Defensively, special teams-wise, oh yeah, they're changing some shit up. But offensively, uh-uh. And it wasn't because of Jason Garrett. It was because of how great Dak Prescott was. Watch it. Book it. In fact, you already get a you already get a front row seat to it. Dallas in Los Angeles Sunday night. Watch what happens then. But all these young guys that are working out, that are doing their job, that are doing exactly what they need to do to get better, they will get better. Maybe I I haven't seen any Drew Locke, but we'll see if Drew Locke gets better. And I think he will because he's doing some right things. He's doing the right things. It's not just that he's saying it like, oh, I want to get better. I, you know, I want to be a great football player. I want to do that. No, 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 no. It's not about saying it. It's about actually putting in the work and doing what you need to do. And that's what Dak, Lamar, Tom, Mahomes, Drew Locke, Deshaun Watson, all those guys are doing right now. Just wait. I keep telling people, Lamar will be better significantly next year, excuse me. Dak will still be the same. I mean, he threw for almost 5,000 yards. It's like, how much better does he really need to be? I think he'll be more consistent. I think he'll win more games. But it's like, most of these guys that I just mentioned, they're going to be better. There's a reason why I'm, I'm down on Carson Wentz. Is Carson Wentz organizing activities? With his team? Is he throwing to his guys? What about, you know, and, and, and Colin took a shot at Baker. What about Baker Mayfield? Is he doing his is, is he doing his job? Is he putting in the work in? I love Baker Mayfield, what he was in his rookie year, but he has horribly, horribly, excuse me, declined as a football player this this last year. He's gotta be better. Way better. He has three guys. Four he has almost as many guys as Dak Prescott does. And this is what I'm talking about when it's when I say, like, it's not just about, you know, the guys that you have on your football team. It's about the guy that's that's taking the snaps, that's under center, that drops back to pass. Because Baker, I can make a serious argument that he had better weapons than Dak Prescott. And he went nowhere. 
And some people are going to say, well, so did Dak. But the issue with that, with saying that, is that Dak actually could have gone to the playoffs. Dak actually could have won a lot of his football games. Dak's team looked kind of competent last year, even though they were horrendously bad. Literally everywhere else besides the passing game. And even then, they were bad at play calling because sometimes Jason Garrett was like, oh, you know, just run the football here. Just run the football there. Don't pass it. Don't pass it on first down. Don't be different. Don't be unique. Don't try to disguise certain things. We'll just bulldoze over literally some of the best athletes on the planet. It's like, that's not how that works. But Jason Garrett wanted that to work. And it didn't. And it's, the, and it's why he's not there anymore. But Baker Mayfield, he has Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Njoku, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt. And he couldn't do anything last year. That's my issue with Baker. Is he putting in the work? Is he throwing footballs to Odell and Jarvis? He better be. What about Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold and Josh Allen? Everybody keeps on hyping these guys up for me. Everybody keeps on talking about me about about these guys to me. Everybody kept on saying, you know what? Convert Lamar Jackson to a wide receiver. You know, forget about his ability to play the quarterback position. Convert him to a wide receiver. He runs fast. It's not like catching the football and route running matters when it comes to, to, to playing wide receiver. Oh, no, he just runs fast. Let's just have him run around the football field. He'll get open. It's not like NFL teams know how to defend against speedy guys. It's why every single wide receiver in the league isn't a fast guy. or isn't a burner like a Tyreek Hill, and why some of the best, if not the best wide receivers in the league, and Julio Jones and, and DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Thomas, Thomas, excuse me, they're not as fast as Tyreek Hill, are they? They're not speed guys. They're not burner guys. They can't take the top over the defense, off the defense, excuse me, but they're not going to just run straight past you. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. The long and the short of it is, all those guys that I just mentioned, Dak and Lamar and all those other guys, they're going to improve. Guys like Mitchell Trubisky, what's he doing right now? Is he throwing a Cole commit? Is he throwing an Allen Robinson? He throwing to those guys? What about Carson Wentz? He throwing to his guys? What about Sam Darnold? Everybody won't shut up about Sam Darnold. Is he throwing to his guys? There's more to playing the quarterback position than just dropping back to pass. It's about being a leader. It's about doing the work. It's about not just talking and not saying the right things, but actually putting in the doggone work. And I got the guys. I got the guys' names that, that, are, that are doing the work. Maybe the other guys aren't being as, as, as transparent. Maybe they aren't posting their workout videos. Maybe people aren't talking to media members. Maybe they're just being quiet, but I mean, Tom Brady was quiet and he was even found out. People went over to the high school and took pictures in the bushes. But all the, but but mark my words, circle this date. I mean, obviously Deshaun and Mahomes and Watson and, 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 and Lamar, I said Deshaun twice, Lamar and Dak, they're going to be better. Drew Locke. He seems like he's on the right path to being better. 
You got to put in the work, man. And I'm sick and tired of people giving passes to dudes that don't. I, I really am. I'm so sick and tired of the Sam Darnold stuff. I saw one game with Deshaun against New England. And I was like, yeah. The Bears, they probably should have drafted him. As soon as I saw that Patriot game, I was like, Deshaun is going to be something special. I saw it coming. If you looked hard enough, you probably did too. There's guys that there's there's guys that are leaders on the football team and quarterbacks, and there are guys that just play the position that aren't leaders, that'll just go in and throw a dang on football till the cows come home. There's guys that actually are gonna go in and take over. There's this great quote about Troy Aikman where, you know, in the in the huddle and I, I remember this. This was during his um, football life. Like somebody was narrating this. They were like, you know, where you had all these personalities in this huddle and on that football team, where you had, you know, Michael Irvin saying, you know, throw me the football. I want to throw it. Like, like I'm open. I'm this. I'm that. When you had Larry Allen, Hall of Famers. When you had uh, Emmett Smith, one of the greatest football players of all time. We had all those guys on that football team talking in the huddle, and Troy is getting the the call. The, the play call on the sideline. Like, he's he's over there with Jimmy and the, the OC. Probably, I think, North Turner at the time. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was his quarterback coach. I don't know. But he was getting the play call on the sideline. He would jog over to the huddle, back onto the football field. A quiet hush would come over the football team as Troy Aikman entered and gave up the play call. I'm lighting my candle. The long and the short of it is, you got to be a leader. You got to be a leader. You got to work hard. It's not just about playing the quarterback and having all the talent in the world. It's what you do with that talent that matters. It's ironic that Colin, he, he talked about how Dak is, is a trust fund kid. He's, he has everything. Well, damn it, Carson Wentz has had nothing but time and he still hasn't played in a playoff game. Sam Darnold has had nothing but time. I know he's on a bad football team, but I'm not expecting him to beat the Patriots twice a year. I'm just expecting something from him. Something. Something that I can see, that I can point to and be like, bang, there's, there's Sam Darnold. That's what he can do. I point to that Patriot loss in Deshaun's first year as saying, hey, that's what that guy can do in his rookie year against Belichick. Belichick eats rookie quarterbacks for breakfast. And Deshaun beat him on that day. It took the greatest football player of all time having, I think, a one-minute drive down the football field to score not a field goal, a touchdown to win the football game. He got goaded. Tom Brady's the GOAT. No shame in losing to him. But Deshaun puts in the work. Dak puts in the work. They're leaders. Mahomes puts in the work. They're leaders. Lamar puts in the work. He's a leader. You see that every single time he runs off the football field and gets dapped up by his boys on the sideline. You see that in the mic'd up versions of the football games where he's talking to his guys. And he's say, and, he, and, and I remember he was talking to Yanata. Yanata was his offensive guard. His right guard talking to Yanada on 4th and 5, or 4th and 1, I think it was, in, in Seattle. He's like, hey, Yanada, you want to go for it? 
Giannis like, yep, I want to go for it. Lamar's like, you know what? We're going for it on fourth down. You know what? You know what happened on fourth down because they were inside the red zone of Seattle? They scored. They didn't just get the first down. They scored. They got the score. You see Lamar's leadership. You see Mahomes' leadership. You can see it with the love that his teammates, with their teammates, have for them. That's how you see it. That's how you know that it's legitimate. It's not just about like, oh, okay, you know, well, we'll just, you know, we'll just have a guy with a big arm and he'll win football games for us. It's like, okay, how'd that work out for Jay Cutler? Got to put in the work. It's not just about, not just about being talented. Got to put in the work. Those guys that I just mentioned, Dak, Lamar, I know I'm repeating myself. Dak, Lamar, those guys that I just repeated or not repeated. Dak, Lamar, Mahomes, Locke, Watson, Brady. They all come from the same vein. They're going to get better. Watch what happens with Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen and Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield and guys that talk or guys that have other people talk for them. Watch what happens next year. Watch. Just watch. It's not even a long wait. We got, um, it's May, almost June, final week of May. It's coming up quick. It is coming up quick. So, hope you watch this. Wait, let me move my, my journal. Hope you watched this last, last night. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Phil Mickinson. Mickelson? Mickinson. Can't remember his last name. Don't know his last name. Phil Mickinson uh, and Tyler Woods. They all had this charity event. They raised $10 million to go to COVID-19 relief. They're playing golf. Let me tell you something, man. I hate golf. I hate I hate it. But when I watched that, that game, that charity match, I was like, man, I kind of like golf. In fact, I love it. I love the witty banner that Tom had with Peyton, I love, I, I love seeing them hit a ball with a, one, with one of those weird, what, what's, what's it called, golf pegs, not golf pegs, what, what's it called, irons, they call it an iron, clubs, a golf club, oh my god, I can, for some weird reason I can't speak English today, but they hit it with a golf club, right, oh my god, Obvi- obviously, hey 24, it's kind of obvious that they hit a golf ball with a golf club, they've been doing that for like 100 years, sorry about that. Yeah, it was fun to watch, and I watched it for like five straight hours. I remember it was like it was getting down to the wire because Brady and Mickelson, it's Mickelson or Mickinson, I don't know how to say his last name, but they were um, they they almost made a comeback, man. They went from I think being down three to to being down one. They were they were really really close to winning, and um, Brady had hit this beautiful hundred yard. I think it was a birdie, beautiful hundred yard. He, he's talking trash to Charles Barkley, and I was like. I can't wait. I can't wait for competition. I can't wait for football. I can't wait for basketball. I can't wait. I may even watch some PGA golf. Not pro PGA. What's it called? The World Series? No, that's baseball. I don't know anything about golf. But you know what I mean. Like like the, the golf championship that's going to happen in the next two weeks. I can't wait for that. But the competition was there. The banner was there. If the NBA, like, if they figure it out, if they figure out how to, like, get football back, or not football, but basketball back within the next couple of months, 
and they pair that with the NFL, sweet baby Jesus. Like, if they get football, or not football, but basketball rolling in, like, July, oh, my God. Maybe even August. The time where, where, um, where football is kind of starting up again with training camp and, and, uh, and what, what else, uh, and preseason. Yeah. I'll take that. I will take that. But it was fun to watch Phil Mickelson, Mickinson, can't say his last name, and Tom go out there and have some fun. And Tiger Woods as well. And Peyton Manning. It was, it was a great event. I can't believe I watched like five hours of golf. I, I was very entertained during it. What else do I got for you today? Today's podcast was a little bit of a short one. I'm surprised that I thought I, thought I would be a little bit longer. I thought I had a lot of stuff. Apparently I don't. But I'll talk about this. Detroit and Houston. I'm pissed off. Maybe not pissed off, but I'm annoyed with these two teams. Let me put something over my paper. I'm a, I'm a little bit irked with Bill O'Brien and and um, and Matt Patricia because they traded away some of their best football players. Now, for me personally, <coughs> excuse me. For me personally, in this particular circumstance, in this particular case where you have the uh, the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans trading away major assets like Jadavian Clowney, like DeAndre Hopkins without getting a first rounder, Darius Slade Jr., trading away those guys, right? Getting back barbecue chips and nachos. Barbecue chips and nachos are good, but they can't play football for you. But you traded away some of your best assets for pretty much nothing. Bill O'Brien has no excuse. Because to me, like, if you want to fire him now, you have every reason to fire him. I have no idea how. I think he had like 24 points against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he gave up like 20-something in one quarter. Don't know how you do that if you're Bill O'Brien. You didn't lose to the to the Chiefs because you didn't have a running back. You lost because your defense fell apart and your offense fell apart as well. Same thing goes with Detroit. It's not like you didn't make the playoffs because you're playing in a hard ass division. You got the dysfunctional Bears. You got the uh, the the underachieving Vikings and the Packers. Especially this year, they look a mess. And you guys, I think, finished last in your division. And then they were like, hey, let's give up Darius Slay Jr. and snacks. Let's just do that, right? Let's have nobody. Let's have nobody. I think they got DeAndre Swift or somebody else. but you know, And they obviously got uh, Brown as well. But when I look at those two teams, Detroit and Houston, they have no excuses anymore. The expectation should be championship. Championship as in... Get to the NFC-AFC championship games. Please and thank you. That is the expectation. And you're going to say to me, 24, isn't that a little bit of a lofty goal, a lofty expectation? No, it's not. They've had three years. They've had good rosters. They've had time. In Bill O'Brien's case, he has had ample time to form a championship roster. If he does not make the... To me, Bill O'Brien is fired. He is fired in my mind. But if Matt Patricia does not go to the NFC Championship game? Because there's no more rebuilding. 
There is no more excuses, right? You don't go to, you have, you have replaced all of your guys, all of the guys that were on that team with your guys, and you have lost even more football games. You have nine wins in one season. Detroit Lion fans, they're more on the up and up on this uh, than me, but like you have nine wins in eight seasons, not eight seasons, two seasons. The guy that you fired, that they fired, had nine wins in a season, nine to ten wins in a season, and you were going to the playoffs. I got an issue when you're mediocre. Not even mediocre. You are significantly below mediocre. You are one of the worst head coaches in the league. And on top of that, you're, you're saying your, your players are sucking dicks when they're complimenting each other, in, 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 when they're complimenting other football players on your team. If I didn't say it correctly, let me, let me explain. So Bill O'Brien, not Bill O'Brien, excuse me, Matt Patricia, the Detroit Lions head coach, he was talking to Darius Slade Jr. And not even talking, in fact, they were going over some tape. And Darius Slade Jr., during practice that day, had got beaten by a wide receiver. And he had posted a, a picture of him getting beaten by a wide receiver and saying, congrats, man, you got one on me. Darius Slade Jr. is one of the best corners on that football team, if not the best corner on that football team, potentially being the best football player, defensively, of course, on that side of the football. Best defensive player. Right? Against somebody who may or may not have even made the team. So what is he doing? Because he's a leader, he's like, let me, let me make this guy feel good about himself. Instead of saying, hey guy, you're trash. You suck, I beat you. You'll never get better. You'll never be on my... Instead of chastising him, he raises him up because he's a leader. He tries to do his best. He's like, let me help him out. Let me say, hey, man, congrats on getting one up on me. Darius Slade Jr. has the most interceptions in the league. Matt Patricia puts that picture on blast. He's like, hey, Darius Slade, quit sucking that guy's dick. Stop sucking his dick. It's like, what the fuck are you on, Patricia? He's not sucking his dick. He's... He's, he's, he's trying to make him feel good about himself in the sense of it's like, hey, like he, he, did, he could have shat on him. He could have shit on him. He could have been like, that's only a fluke. He could have talked shit, but he's like, no, I'm going to make him feel good about himself because I'm a team guy. I'm a team player. I'm not going to make my teammate feel bad about himself. So then, Matt Patricia is like, you know what? Does he issue an apology? Does he say anything to, to Darius Slade Jr.? Nope. Doesn't say Jack. Doesn't say shit to him. And the thing is, Darius Slate Jr. is one type of guy. He's he's a laid back guy. He's not necessarily a dude that, you know, is 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 confrontational or aggressive. He he kind of seems some people would take that as soft as, you know, not being confrontational or aggressive. But like he's he's an agreeable person. He's not gonna fight you, right? You say that shit to the wrong person, people are gonna have to hold some people back. Darius Slade Jr., he's not, that, he's not that type of a guy. Again, he's a team player. He's like, you know, I'll take the heat. I'll take it. I'm not about to say to my head coach, hey, bro, you're riding on the coattails of Bill Belichick. What you know about coaching? Every coach that's been a Patriot, every Patriot coach has failed. Whenever they leave Bill Belichick's side, you're probably going to be the exact same one. Could have said that. And it kind of is true, actually. Because he hasn't done shit since going to Detroit. Could have said that. Could have been correct. You know what? You don't want to know what he said. He sat there and he took it. He took it like a man, because he's not about to embarrass the head coach in front of his own fucking football team because they want to win. That he doesn't want to provide dysfunction. He's like, I'll, I'll take it for the team. I'll do it for the team. 
but I ain't about to do that. But but he's like, I ain't about to forgive this dude. And he he did. He, he said, he, I think they reconciled. But the long and the short of it is for me, it's like, listen, man. Detroit and Houston. I don't like either one of these teams as head coaches. I don't like either one of them. They have been doing way too much while also doing way too little at the exact same time. And it's time to put up or shut up. It's like, hey man, I don't want to hear anything about this Patriot system that Matt Patricia is trying to employ within Detroit. I'm not trying to hear anything that Bill O'Brien is trying to tell me at all. You better win. You better win next year. Both of them better. Bill O'Brien is already gone in my book. He's already fired. But Matt Patricia, you got one more chance. You got next year. He doesn't win. I want him. I want his ass so far out of Detroit so fast. Get him up and get him out. I'm sick of it. Sick of mediocre head coaches getting a pass. Oh, it's on the players. It's the players. It's the players. It's like, well, well who's coaching them? Who's coaching the players? Whose schemes is it? The players. They run. They run. Freaking. Uh, they they run the show, right? They run film study. They won the walkthroughs, right? It's not the head coaches that are supposed to watch tape and film. Not uh, Yeah, tape and film, excuse me, and are supposed to, uh, to come up with the game plans, the schemes, every single week. That's not their responsibility. I thought it was. Anyways, I'm just, I'm just so annoyed with coaches either getting way too much of the credit or way too little blame. Like, oh yeah, Jason Garrett, he's a great head coach. Okay, let's see how he does in uh, in, in New York. Oh yeah, Matt Patricia, you know, uh, it's not his fault his team stinks. Really? He got to pick out the players. I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm just, I'm annoyed with it. And then on top of that, I'm like, hey owners, why don't you fire them? Fire them. But you know what? Some of the owners, like the Fords in Detroit, some of them, they just want to lose. Some of them, they, they want to do things their way. They haven't won Jack 50 years. One of the oldest franchises in the league hasn't won Jack ever. One of the best franchises of all time. No idea why they have such good fans. They shouldn't. Simply put, because... Uh, Oh, wait, let me charge my computer. My computer's almost out of battery. Ooh, I looked, I looked at my battery. I was like, I was like, it's at 8%. I'm like, it's almost, it's almost dead. Sorry about that. Anyways, it's like Detroit, Houston, some of the most loyal fan bases on the entire, like, in, 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 in the organization. Like, you go down to, you, you go anywhere in Texas, outside of Houston, you will see Dallas Cowboy paraphernalia anywhere anywhere any any city in that state will have some form of Dallas Cowboy paraphernalia logos jerseys t-shirts it'll be there except in Houston <laughs> except in they wear Astros jerseys they wear Rockets jerseys they wear Texans jerseys they don't wear Cowboy jerseys they wear everything but Cowboys. They are some loyal-ass fans. They rep Houston hard. And to see that fan base be treated that way, it, it, it annoys me. 
It annoys me. It annoys me that Detroit's fan base has to deal with this shit on an annual basis. So they better win. And they better win next year. The final thing that I got to talk about today. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm burnt out on Dak contract stuff. I haven't covered Dak's contract like to the extent of the media, and I covered it like today and I think a couple of days ago or yesterday or whatever. I, I talked about Jamal Adams. Oh yeah, let me let me talk about Jamal Adams for a couple of minutes. So Jets are like, well, that, that was a terrible way to start that. <laughs> that was terrible what I just did. But the Jets, excuse me, I don't know why I'm burping so much. But the Jets, um, they are they're saying, well, we won't. We will not sign Jamal Adams this season. We will not extend him this season. Why? I don't know. I don't know why. Um, worst case scenario, when is Minka Fitzpatrick, when is he up contract-wise? Let's just say he's going to be up in the next two years, right? Pretty much when Jamal Adams is up. Okay, um, some, some of the other safeties as well that got drafted in the next couple of years, they're going to be up as well. Trying to think of safeties as well. One of the, one of the uh, I think San Francisco, he either got extended or he got the five-year option, the fifth-year option, excuse me. The long and the short of it is, is that if you extend Jamal Adams, it's the exact same thing with quarterbacks. It's like if you extend Jamal Adams, more than likely one of the guys, one of the younger guys that are coming up, they'll reset the market. Maybe not on an annual basis, but in the next couple of years they will. Plus you're getting one of the best quarterbacks, not quarterbacks, but uh, strong safeties in the league. I might add. I, he's there, man. He's there. If you want him, go ahead and re-sign him. Or do you not want him to be your best, or not your best, but one of your most important players on that team? <coughs> Excuse me. On that team. Because if you don't pick him up, if you don't get him, if you don't sign him, somebody else will. And I think they will. I think they just aren't doing good business. I think they're like, well, you know, we'll just, um, we'll just do whatever we want to do, and we'll just, you know, we'll just have, we'll, we'll just do whatever, whatever, um, our our thing. We'll 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 have whatever we'll we'll have whatever protocol we want to have with Jamal Adams, and we'll just do that. It's like that's cool, that's fine. But you do understand that if you do that. And if you're just like, well, you know, we'll just do whatever we want with Jamal Adams, he's going to get pissed off. And he's already pissed off at them because they, um, they, they freaking changed, not changed, but they, uh, they tried to trade him last season. Tried to, to Dallas. Tried to trade him last season. They were like, you know what, we'll trade him. We'll try and get somebody else. We'll try and get something else. And that didn't work at all. And that pissed him off. And his father wants him gone, and Jamal not yeah not not that he wants Jamal like gone as in like he wants him to leave his house or whatever. I, I, like he wants him to leave New York. That's what I meant to say. He wants him to leave New York. Jamal has been constantly has constantly been quoted as saying that he wants to go to uh, go to Dallas because that's his hometown. That's where he's lived. He would love to play there. 
Would I love to have Jamal Adams? Yep, I would love to have Jamal. When I talked about it, I think yesterday, Sunday, that uh, he doesn't fit with the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to contract extension and probably draft picks as well. But I also kind of threw it out. I don't know if I threw it out yesterday, but I probably should have. Here's the thing. If he wants to play for Dallas and if he wants to be traded for Dallas, I think he can't ask for a contract extension because they're trying to get their quarterback signed. Let me tell you something. It would look really, really bad if Dallas tried to extend Jamal Adams. Or not tried, but did extend Jamal Adams before they extended their quarterback. It's like Jamal wasn't even there. That would be like the biggest slap in the face to Dak Prescott. That's like, all right, release him. Just release him at that point. It's like, what's the point of having Dak on the team if you're going to sign everybody else but the quarterback? But Jamal, would I love to have him? Yeah, of course. He just he isn't a, a fit cap-wise or trade-wise. But he may not be a New York Jet anymore. And, I, you know, and you know what? If I was one of these players, at one point I would just be like, listen, man, trade me. I don't want to be here. Trade me. Trade me to this team, and I'll sign with this team. But I'm not, I'm not being a Jet anymore. Or release me. Please release me. Nobody will do that. He's one of the best football players in the league. Nobody's going to release him. But trade him. That's what I would do if I was in his shoes. I would be like, hey, trade me. If you're not going to extend me, trade me. I want my money. Give me my money. I deserve my money. We'll see about Jamal. Do I think, honestly, do I think that he's going to get traded? Especially to the Dallas Cowboys? No, probably not. And that's fine. He doesn't need to get traded to the Dallas Cowboys. The reality is... He probably wants his money, and that's what he wants. But will he get it is the question. This year, I'm leaning on, unless he gets traded, no, probably not. Like, we'll see. And the thing is, is that with Jamal on the trade block, it's like, you know, how much is he probably worth now? And Rich Eisen, he put it, he put it, beautifully a couple of days ago he said listen how you do these trades how you do this what you're trying to do if you're trying to move off of him how you do these trades is this you get the deal done before free agency not the deal but the trade done before free agency at the earliest at the latest before the draft because you want assets and like people are desperate now people aren't desperate now now people have filled out their teams both through the preseason, not preseason, but offseason, and also through the draft. So it's like, well, what team would need a free safety probably already has one because they signed a free agent, or they drafted one. It's like, okay, you want to to wait all day? Fine, sure. Whatever. See how many people come knocking now. See how many people want that money, want to pay him that money. Not a lot. Not a lot. Do I have anything else for you today? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman talking about how Dak will probably get signed. I was going to talk about that, but again, it's like... I'll, I'll repeat this. One more time, I think the contract will get done. I think it's a July 15th type of thing. 
Like, everybody talks about it because it's easy money. It's like if we talk about Dak Prescott, we get viewers. Viewers means ads, stuff like that. So, I think it gets done before the deadline or he plays on the tag. I Like, the, the Andy Dalton thing doesn't worry me at all. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, any other thing that they can do besides, like, Andy Dalton. And I'm like, no, like, they don't have anything else. Like, I'm not worried about this contract as much as everyone else is. They're like, does Dallas like Dak Prescott? Is he a franchise quarterback? Like, they just like just keep saying the exact same stuff. I'm not, not worried. Like, in reality, people should be talking more about Jalen Hurts going to Philadelphia. But, you know, people are distracted. People are distracted. Is that it? Yep, I think that's it. I thought this was going to be a lot longer if I'm... If I'm honest with you. By the way, when I was talking about Jamal for a little bit, I was looking up Wingstop orders. You know, I, I I went to Wingstop I think yesterday. Oh no, the day before on Saturday, I got my my crispy chicken tenders. I was very very hungry. Um, however, I have another hankering for it. I'm trying not to go out, but I was like, man, like those, like I had, I had probably the biggest meal I've had in a very long time. I had like, um, I had fries. I had, uh, I had a, a, a lot of fries. <laughs> they, they loaded me up fry rides. They loaded me up. I had fries. I had like five chicken tenders and I was like, are you kidding me? Five? That's, that's ridiculous. That's a, that, that's too little. And I was like, I'll get six. Right. And then I was like, you know what? Five is cheap. It's $11 for five, right? But it's for the combo meal, right? So I was like, let me get five. So I got five. And uh, I, I was full. <laughs> I ate all the fries. I had a root beer. I hadn't had root beer in like years, man. I had Louisiana rub, which was supposed to be spicy. It tasted weird. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to take the Louisiana rub. I'm going to get the plain. I'm going to get large fries, a drink, no wings, no rolls. Add it to my order as soon. And luckily, though, I'm recording this podcast at like nine o'clock at night, nine twenty-eight at night. Because I'm recording this, like, like I, I won't, I won't have to like debate on whether or not I should go to a location or not. It's like, nope, I'm going. And check this out, it's gonna be there. It's gonna be there when I get there, and I'll be able to eat. And I and guess what? I'll be because I haven't eaten anything all day. I, I I meant to come on the podcast and say this when I was uh, when I when I was doing my introduction. I was like, you know what? I'm hungry. I gotta stay hungry. I like being hungry when I record the podcast because it keep it, it gives me an edge. And I, I didn't say that because I completely forgot because I had more important things on my mind. But now I'm starting to salivate. I'm starting to get hungry. I'm like, ooh, I get I get all the, I get all that food. I get you know a thirty something ounce. I'm, I'm I'm gonna treat myself. I'm hungry. I skateboarded in like 100 degree heat today. I did my workout, my calisthenics, stuff like that. I'm getting swole, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm getting big. Whew, man. But I, I'm trying to think of like other stories that I got for you. Oh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm like, I got some video game stuff to talk about tomorrow. I was like, do I have anything else to talk about in the next couple of days? I was going to take a, a short little break to kind of figure out some stuff to talk about, but then I was like, nope, let's go ahead and keep on trucking, let's go ahead and keep on doing our thing, let's go keep on freaking just being the, the best.
podcast on the entire internet. Hold on, let me... Hold on. Like, I'm trying to find something, and I can't find it on my computer. But, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow to record more. I'm trying to, like, think. Uh, like, I don't, I don't know. By the way, quick little disclaimer. Maybe not disclaimer, but some insight. I'll have, like, a live podcast. And I meant to do this with Ghost of Tsushima. I'll have a live podcast with um, with me looking at and reacting to the um, the Cyberpunk 2077 Night City Wire thing. That's going to happen in like the next couple of weeks. So that's going to be kind of cool. I can't wait for that. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on. Wait. Awesome. Excuse me. This is, I don't know why I'm burping so much. This has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. If you like this podcast, which I promise you, this was a weird episode, but I'll be better. If you like this podcast, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you can find my podcast, 24's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, until tomorrow, where I talk about video games, something about video games, I don't know. It's going to be about video games, but I don't know what. But I'll figure it out. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a fantastic day. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.